Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. To help us talk a little bit more about the draft, Ian Cummings joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. He's an NFL draft analyst for the Pro Football Network. Ian, we appreciate the time, man. How are you? Doing good, doing good. I'm doing especially better now that, you know, we're only two days out, right? We've been doing a lot of mock traps, a lot of rising and falling on the boards, as people might say. But, you know, in truth, I feel like these teams have had a lot of time to kind of lock in their, their opinions and their stances on these prospects. I'm excited to see what happens. I think we've been talking about it long enough. It's time to see how the board falls on Thursday. How many mock drafts have you done so far? Too many, too many. I can say I haven't kept count, but it's too many. It is, it is valuable, right, to kind of go through the different probabilities and the different kind of outcomes because there, it's truly, you know, countless, limitless, it's the amount of outcomes that are possible. But, you know, at a certain point, it's just like, hey, let's just get this event over with. Let's get it rolling. Uh, it's been a lot, but it is it is necessary to kind of, you know, get the full extent of the uh, of the study. All right. If you want to catch Ian's latest mock draft, 23.4 edition, you can follow him on Twitter at IC underscore draft. We appreciate his time talking a little bit about the quarterback. Now, we all think it's going to be Bryce Young here, Ian. I'm interested in talking about the situation Carolina has really built for whoever the QB was going to be because Scott Fitterer joined the Adam Schefter podcast. He talked about the coaching staff having so many different great offensive minds, but also having a good offensive line in place, getting at least some kind of average level of pass catchers. After you trade DJ Moore, you were able to salvage something with Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst, and whoever, you know, what kind of situation do you think Carolina was able to provide for this number one QB? Is this the best for a number one prospect that we've seen in a while? I think it's definitely up there. I think, you know, it, it's interesting because every time a QB goes number one, you know, there, it always runs the risk of that QB being unearthed, you know, by the situation. Or I should say, you know, uh, what's the word? I, I, I'm blanking on the word right now, but undermined. Undermined is the word, you know, by the situation that they come into, right? You know, that happens with top-end quarterbacks all the time where maybe they have the talent worth investing in, but the supporting situation for them wasn't good enough to help glean the maximum value from them. And we've seen busts happen that way. You know, I do think Carolina, and they were originally at ninth overall. They traded up, so I feel like that's an important distinction. But, mm. you know, they, they were aggressive, right? And I do think that, you know, relative to previous number one overall situations, they are better because they have, like you mentioned, the coaching. Frank Reich is a very experienced offensive mind. Thomas Brown coming from Los Angeles, coming from a very successful offensive tree. You know, they got Adam Thielen, they got DJ Chark. You know, not, not world beaters, right, but veterans who can at least upgrade the floor of that offense on day one. The offensive line is good, too. You know, I think they got Ikem Aquanu in the draft last year. Uh, they got Taylor Matan, Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett. They have a solid blocking unit up front as well, and I think that's very important for a QB, you know, where timing and rhythm is so important in the NFL uh, to help ease them in right away. I feel like that'll be beneficial, right? So I think the supporting cast, the coaching, it is relatively positive in Carolina. And I, that's, that's a positive thing because whoever that first overall pick is, it could be any one of those four quarterbacks. We're thinking it's going to be young, right? But, you know, until the pick is made, we can't be 100% sure. But whoever it is, they are walking into a very beneficial situation, I think. Ian Cummings on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at IC underscore draft. Ian, just how in one accord do you think that the Panthers are with this draft pick? And do you think that it's going to take some talking to from everybody in the organization right up until time is time to turn that card in? 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, we always hear horror stories about how coaches are on one side and how the owner is in love with another guy, right? You know, so there's always that potential for discord. And I feel like that's, that can always cause some apprehension later on in the process. And, you know, we've, we've heard reports, right? You know, nothing like, oh, this guy likes this guy. You know, Josh McCown is on YouTube talking about Young and, and Stroud on film, right? So it's like, but again, you know, they're all little snippets of information that, you know, we, as much as we want to have the full picture, we can't. I think they've been considering all these guys. They've been meeting with them, you know, going on visits and dinners and stuff like that. I feel like they have all the information they need to discern their, their conclusion, right? And I think, me personally, I think, like, any pick that you make, it's up to you to make it right as a team, as an organization. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally off board with any selection. I think, you know, either of these four quarterbacks, you can make them work if you give them the proper support. And, you know, as we just talked about, I feel like Carolina has that support in place. You never want to pick a guy that the owner is in love with just because of that, right? You want to make sure that you're in lockstep. And there is some potential for gridlock in this class. But I also think all four of those quarterbacks have pretty visible selling points, obviously with Bryce Young, the if factor, the off-structure ability, the creation capacity that he has, just the air of a CEO of a franchise, right? That's what you want in a quarterback if he has it. CJ Stroud, his ability to operate in structures, the accuracy, you know, and he showed in that Georgia game that he might have some creative potential outside of that too. Anthony Richardson, the upside, you know, we might not have seen a QB prospect with his kind of ceiling ever, right? So, you know, anytime you have that generational upside, that's something that you can bank on as well. And then Levis as well. You know, Levis is a little bit farther down than those top three for me, but I still think he's a worthy investment because, again, very strong arm, very tough competitor, and he's got a level of athleticism too. So I think there is a potential for gridlock, but I think all four of these guys are agreeable enough that it's not going to cause a rift. I think they all have their side points. So, Ian, we keep hearing these little tidbits, even though we're pretty sure it's going to be Bryce Young, but we hear things here and there like the Will Levis stuff that has come out. We've been addressing that a little bit, giving it some shine. How sure are you that it's going to be Bryce Young? Man, I mean, one thing I've learned, I haven't been covering the draft for too long, but one thing I have learned, you know, watching it over the years and covering it for a couple years now is that you never want to be locked into one outcome. You always want to be outcome independent because you never truly know what's going to happen. So, I mean, the Bryce Young stuff, it could be that they're sold on him or it could have been a smoke screen trying to get the Houston Texans to trade up for him because we've heard for a while now that Young was the favorite on the Texans board too. So maybe the Panthers, and we've also heard that the Panthers were open to trading back down from number one after trading up to maybe add more capital, right? The whole point about moving to one was, you know, if they do stay there, they have their choice but they're also in control of that pick so that if other teams are desperate enough, maybe move up, right? A lot of different outcomes, a lot of different potential probabilities there. That's what makes it so hard to cover everything, to cover all the bases here. But, you know, I do think, you know, if I had to pick, you know, as a draft analyst, I'm notorious for sitting on the fence because we don't know what's going to happen. But if I had to pick, I would say it's probably likely that Bryce Young is on the board. You know, we know that he has, you know, of those four quarterbacks, I think he has the highest floor. His creation capacity is truly unreal. You know, not just the short area athleticism, but just his feel, his instincts, you know, to know where defenders are, know where open space is, keep his eyes up and just create and put his team on his back when he needs to drag them out of a chaotic situation. Time and time again in that 2022 season, that's what we saw him do for Alabama. So I think on top of that, you know, he just has that ability. And I think that that's going to be a guiding light for him early on in the NFL. He has a supporting cast that's very good. But at the same time, if you're a rookie QB, you are going to deal with adversity. And having that ability to create when nothing is there, it's a very valuable thing. We've also heard that, you know, in the S2 scores, that was another big storyline this past week. We've heard conflicting reports about the legitimacy of those scores. 
But Daniel Jeremiah was on record saying Bryce Young had the highest S2 score of the class. And the Panthers have also stated that, you know, that's something they value. So, you know, looking at that as well, the mental, the physical, the production on the field, to me, it feels like it's going to be Bryce Young. Could it be someone else? Absolutely. I think they all have legitimate cases. But right now, all the, all the different streams seem to be converging on them. Ian joining us right now, Ian Cummings on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, draft analyst for Pro Football Network. Uh, they're also picking at 39, and we've talked a lot about that. Ian, we've been doing some prospect duels, throwing out a couple different names. I, I don't want to confine it to one name, at least on our end, but the names that consistently appear are guys like B.J. Ojolari, really any of the wide receivers, Downs, even a Tank Dell. There's a, quite a bit of people that have been mentioned there at 39. Is there a name to you that you think is most likely going to be available or going to be close to it that makes the most sense for Carolina to select there in the second round? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think that range of this draft in particular, we've heard that, you know, this draft is relatively light on blue chip first round talent. You know, teams have as little as 17 first round grades, you know, 20 is kind of the cutoff. So after that 20 point, you know, I feel like there's room for enhanced variance. We could see some really surprising first round picks mm-hmm. and guys that slip and maybe are available at 39. So I think for the Panthers in particular, who are kind of near the top of that first, that second round range, that's going to be an opportunity for them to maybe play the board. They don't have capital to trade up, so you're hoping that someone slips to you. And I think there could be some names available. I think that the names that you mentioned, absolutely. B.J. Ojulari is a favorite of mine for that scheme, for Ajiro Evero's defensive scheme. I think is a 3-4 outside linebacker, around 6'2", 245 pounds. But he's got over 34-inch arms, so a really good combination of natural leverage and proportional length. He is pretty explosive off the snap, but also a very proficient finesse rusher you know he's flexible he's bendy he's got agility right but he can also generate speed to power with his frame so you know big fan of that profile i think the receivers uh josh downs you mentioned i like his ability to play the slot you can use him in motion if Dave flowers is there i'll run that card up because again i think he can play on the boundary or in the slot but he's a very high energy athlete as well very good body control run after catch ability cedric tillman from tennessee is a guy that i'm a, a particular big fan of i think he comps very favorably to michael pittman jr the colts Six foot three, two fifteen. I think thirty-two, over thirty-two inch arms. So he's got size. He's got contested catch ability, but he's also a very nuanced route runner. So I think there is talent there. And you know, you could also, if you take B.J. Ojulari, I think there could be options at wide receiver at ninety-three. Maybe Jaden Reed from Michigan State, Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. So there are permutations, no matter what you do. But those are some of the names that come to mind for me. I think if you get a QB. Uh, especially at number one, you know, one of your biggest concerns beyond that is adding to his weapons core, making sure that he has a full palette of weapons when he steps on that field. Ian, and with this receiving core, we've seen varied opinions about it. We see some guys that were mocked first round early in the process, now second rounders, and then they're saying that these scouts are not as high on this receiver class as they once were. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think uh, this receiving class is pretty polarizing, and I, I don't think there's quite that level of you know blue chip talent that we've been accustomed to seeing. Like last year, guys were flying off the board left and right. You know, you got Jamison Williams, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. You know, there's not quite that degree of first round talent in this class. You know, you can look at Jackson Smith and Jigba. He, even he has his detractors, right? So it's one of those things. Quentin Johnson, very polarizing. You know, people are very high in the ceiling but the floor is a little more volatile, right? So it's one of those things where there's not that guaranteed level of production. You can't really count on not many of these guys. Anyway, you can't count on them to, you know, fire off in a thousand yard season out of the gate. And I think that's where the apprehension comes from. 
I do think this class has a little underrated depth, especially in that, you know, five to 20 range, right? I do think there's some quality receiving options. I bring up Jaden Reed again from Michigan state. I think he'd be a particularly good fit for the Panthers, you know, being able to line up in the slot or the boundary. He's got vertical speed. He's a very good route runner and he's one of the best in this class, you know, relative to his size around 5'11", 180s, but he can contort, he can use body control and he can, you know, corral passes in high difficulty situations. Xavier Hutchinson, another one, the ceiling isn't quite as high with him, but he's around 6'2", 200. He's got really good size, really good contested catch instincts, and he's another one who has the lateral agility and twitch to offset defenders as a route runner. So, you know, I do think there are high floor options in the middle, you know, in that day two range. Maybe not the amount of explosive, you know, first-round talent that we are accustomed to seeing, but I do think guys, especially if they land in the right situation, you know, it could be a class where you have gems to unearth in that range. Go ahead, Wes. Oh, I was just going to ask him, uh, who are some guys that you may hear that are slipping, perhaps, that you think that if they are there for the Panthers at 39, that they couldn't afford to pass them up? Yeah, well, uh, Quentin Johnson comes to mind right away. You know, he's one who, you know, a lot of mocks have going in round one, right? But, and you know, he is six foot three, two 206, near 34-inch arms, right? So he's explosive. He's got great speed. You know, he's one of the more, for his size, you know, his flexibility is special. The flexibility, the lateral twitch, you don't see it from guys of his size very often, but he's got it. But at the same time, you know, route running, some people have said that his route running, he can refine his tree a little bit more, expand his route tree. I think he's underrated in that phase. I think he has very good hip sync and stock stopping ability. And I do think he's shown he can work against press. So, you know, I think he's underrated. I think working in an NFL offense will help bring more of that to light. But even then, you know, at the catch point too, you know, he can be a body catcher at times. His hand technique can improve. So it depends on how teams view other players. But I could see a scenario where Johnson falls a little bit. And if he does, I mean, people didn't think DK Metcalf was going to fall. You know, he fell to the bottom of round two, right? So, you know, especially in this wide receiver class where opinions are so much across the board, we could see a lot of variance in how the board actually falls for the Panthers. So if Johnson's there, I like that fit a lot. I think, you know, he's versatile. You can, you can use him in different ways, run after catch threat. He's also vertical. You know, he's got a vertical element to him. You know, he can win at the catch point. He has shown he can. He just needs more consistency with his hands. That would be a very good value deal for me if I'm the Panthers there. Jordan Addison, if he's there, could be an option. I'm a little bit lower on him. I comp him to Darnell Mooney, though. I think he'd be a very good vertical option for you again. And he's got that rack element to him as well. And he's got the lateral agility to offset defenders. You know, any of those guys, right? And Josh Downs, you mentioned him earlier. I comp him to Doug Baldwin. I think he could be that slot warrior, man. He's, he's a very, very nuanced route runner, along with the elite short area athleticism to separate and to create space. So, And then beyond that, too, for his size, he's very, very consistent, extending and converting beyond his frame as a catcher. I think he has one of the highest contested catch rates in the, in the NCAA you know, being around five nine, one seventy one. So, you know, one of those guys who's just he has that profile where he's gonna produce, right? So, you know, those guys if they do fall, I think you have to seriously consider them. And part of it does def- depend on who else is on the board at other positions, but you play the value at the end of the day. You know, that's what you do in the NFL draft. And especially if you need a wide receiver or you can get a guy like that at thirty nine you got to take advantage of it. All right, there's a lot of good information. Go to his Twitter profile, IC underscore draft, at IC underscore draft, helping us kind of dissect the wide receivers in this class, talking about some of the options that could be available there at number 39. That's Ian Cummings, the NFL draft analyst, a part of the Pro Football Network. Ian, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate all the info. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.